Section 5 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joan Wendell, Burlington, Illinois. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night Number 897. When it was the eight hundred and ninety-seventh night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the young man continued, So I said to myself, Thou hast parted with thy soul, and thy wealth is lost. Then of the excess of my chagrin I betook myself to the tigress, and wrapping my face in my gown, cast myself into the stream. The bystanders saw me, and cried, For sure this is because of some great trouble that hath betided him. They cast themselves in after me, and bringing me ashore, questioned me of my case. I told them what misadventure had befallen me, and they condoled with me. Then an old man of them came to me, and said, Thou hast lost thy money, but why goest thou about to lose thy life, and become of the people of the fire? Arise, come with me, that I may see thy lodging. I went with him to my house, and he sat with me a while till I waxed calmer, and becoming tranquil, I thanked him, and he went away. When he was gone, I was like to kill myself, but bethought me of the future and the fire. So I fared forth my house, and fled to one of my friends, and told him what had befallen me. He wept for pity of me, and gave me fifty dinars, saying, Take my advice, and hie thee from Baghdad forthright, and let this provide thee, till thy heart be diverted from the love of her, and thou forget her. Thy forebears were secretaries, and thy handwriting is fine, and thy breeding right good. Seek out, then, whom thou wilt of the intendants, and throw thyself on his bounty. Thus, haply, Allah shall reunite thee with thy slave-girl. I hearkened to his words, and indeed my mind was strengthened, and I was somewhat comforted, and resolved to betake myself to Wasit, where I had kinfolk. So I went down to the riverside, where I saw a ship moored, and the sailors embarking goods and goodly stuffs. I asked them to take me with them, and carry me to Wasit, but they replied, We cannot take thee on such wise, for the ship belongeth to a Hashimi. However, I tempted them with promise of passage money, and they said, We cannot embark thee on this fashion, but, if it must be, Doff those fine clothes of thine, and don sailor's gear, and sit with us as thou wert one of us. I went away, and buying somewhat of sailor's clothes, put them on. After which I bought me also somewhat of provisions for the voyage, and returning to the vessel, which was bound for Basura, embarked with the crew. But ere long I saw my slave-girl herself come on board, attended by two waiting-women, whereupon what was on me of chagrin subsided, and I said in myself, Now shall I see her, and hear her singing, till we come to Basra. Soon after up rode the Hashimi with a party of people, and they embarked aboard the ship, which dropped down the river with them. Presently the Hashimi brought out food, and ate with the damsel, whilst the rest ate amidships. Then said he to her, how long this abstinence from singing, and permanence in this wailing and weeping! Thou art not the first that hath been parted from a beloved. Wherefore I knew what she suffered for love of me. Then he hung a curtain before her along the gunwale, and calling those who ate apart, 
sat down with them without the curtain. And I inquired concerning them, and behold, they were his brethren. He set before them what they needed of wine and dessert, and they ceased not to press the damsel to sing, till she called for the lute, and tuning it, intoned these two couplets. The company left with my love by night, nor forbore to fare with heart's delight, and raged since their camels off-paced a fire, as of Gaza wood in the lover's sprite. Then weeping overpowered her, and she threw down the lute and ceased singing, whereat the folks were troubled, and I slipped down a swoon. They thought I was possessed, and one of them began reciting exorcisms in my ear. Nor did they cease to comfort her, and beseech her to sing, till she tuned the lute again, and chaunted these couplets twain. I stood and bewailed who their loads had bound, and far yod but still in my heart are found. I drew near the ruins and asked of them, and the camp was void and lay waste to the ground. Then she fell down in a fainting fit, and weeping arose among the folk, and I also cried out and fainted away. The sailors were startled by me, and one of the Hashimi's pages said to them, How came ye to take this madman on board? So they said one to other, As soon as we come to the next village we will set him ashore and rid us of him. When I heard this I was sore troubled, but I heartened and hardened myself, saying in thought, Nothing will serve me to deliver myself from their hands, except I make shift to acquaint her with my presence in the ship, so she may prevent my being set ashore. Then we sailed when we came hard by a hamlet, and the skipper said, Come, let us go ashore. Therewith they all landed, save myself, and as evening fell I rose and going behind the curtain, took the lute and changed its accord, mode by mode, and tuning it after a fashion of my own, that she had learnt of me, returned to my place in the ship. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of night number 897. Recording by Joan Windle, Burlington, Illinois. Night number 898. When it was the 898th night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the young man continued. I returned to my place in the ship, and presently the whole party came on board again, and the moon shone bright upon river and height. Then said the Hashimi to the damsel, Allah upon thee, trouble not our joyous lives. So she took the lute, and touching it with her hand, gave a sob that they thought her soul had fled her frame, and said, By Allah, my master and teacher is with us in this ship. Answered the Hashimi, By Allah, were this so, I would not forbid him our conversation. Haply he would lighten thy burden, so we might enjoy thy singing. But his being on board is far from possible. However, she said, I cannot smite lute-string, or sing sundry airs I was wont to sing, whilst my lord is with us. Quoth the Hashimi, Let us ask the sailors, and quoth she, Do so. He questioned them, saying, Have ye carried any one with you? And they answered, No. Then I feared lest the inquiry should end there, so I laughed, and said, Yes, I am her master, and taught her whereas I was her lord. Cried she, By Allah, that is my lord's voice. Thereupon the pages carried me to the Hashimi, who knew me at first sight, and said to me, Out on thee, 
What plight is this in which I see thee, and what hath brought thee to such condition? I related to him all that had befallen me of my affair, weeping the while, and the damsel made loud wail from behind the curtain. The Hashimi wept with sore weeping, he and his brethren, for pity of me. And he said, By Allah, I have not drawn near this damsel, nor enjoyed her, nor have I even heard her sing till this day. I am a man to whom Allah hath been ample. And I came to Baghdad but to hear singing, and seek my allowances of the commander of the faithful. I accomplished both my needments, and being about to return home, said to myself, Let us hear somewhat of the singing of Baghdad. Wherefore I bought this damsel, knowing not that such was the case with you twain. And I take Allah to witness that, when I reach Basra, I will free her and marry her to thee, and assign you what shall suffice you, and more. But on condition that whenever I have a mind to hear music, a curtain shall be hung for her, and she shall sing to me from behind it, and thou shalt be of the number of my brethren and boon companions. Hereat I rejoiced. And the Hashimi put his head within the curtain, and said to her, Will that content thee? Whereupon she fell to blessing and thanking him. Then he called a servant to him. Take this young man, and do off his clothes, and robe him in costly raiment, and incense him, and bring him back to us. So the servant did with me as his master bade him, and brought me back to him, and served me with wine, even as the rest of the company. Then the damsel began singing after the goodliest fashion, and chanted these couplets. They blamed me for causing my tears to well, when came my beloved to bid farewell. They ne'er tasted the bitters of parting, nor felt fire beneath my ribs that flames fierce and fell. None but baffled lover knows aught of love, whose heart is lost where he wont to dwell. The folk rejoiced in her song with exceeding joy, and my gladness redoubled, so that I took the lute from the damsel, and preluding after the most melodious fashion, sang these couplets. Ask, if thou needs, ask the compassionate, and the generous donor of high estate. For asking the noble honors man, and asking the churl entails bane and bait. When abasement is not to be scaped by white, meet it asking boons of the good and great. Of grandee to sue ne'er shall vilify man, but tis vile on the vile of mankind to wait. The company rejoiced in me with joy exceeding, and they ceased not from pleasure and delight, whilst anon I sang, and anon the damsel, till we came to one of the landing-places, where the vessel moored, and all on board disembarked, and I with them. Now I was drunken with wine, and squatted on my hams to make water, but drowsiness overcame me, and I slept. And the passengers returned to the ship, which ran downstream, without any missing me, for that they were also drunken and continued their voyage until they reached Basara. As for me, I awoke not, till the heat of the sun aroused me, when I rose and looked about me, but saw no one. Now I had given my spending money to the damsel, and had not left. I had also forgotten to ask the Hashimi his name, and where his house was at Basara, and his titles. Thus I was confounded, and my joy at meeting the damsel had been but a dream and I abode in perplexity till there came up a great vessel, wherein I embarked, and she carried me in to Basra. Now I knew none there, much less the Hashimi's house, 
So I accosted a grocer, and taking of him ink-case and paper, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of night number 898. Recording by Joan Windle, Burlington, Illinois.